This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Today I'm in the safe space of Heidi Renata. Thank you for having me. Kia ora, Sam. Hey, thank you for the invitation to be here and for being in our and coming back to our funny. It's a pleasure. Tell listeners where we are. We are at Innovate HQ, um, Level 1, um, 123 Vogel Street here in uh, Otiputi, Dunedin, right in the centre of town. And what happens here? We're a co-working space, or as we now know, it's a flexible workspace for the new workforce. Um, and we've been in operation now for the last four years. So, yeah, it's all shared, It's all around shared economies and, and uh, on-demand office space. Mm. So how was lockdown for you? Oh, I'd have to say it was, a, it was a guilty pleasure. I actually loved the hiatus, <laughs> <laughs> having had a fairly busy schedule and it was going to be a very busy um, schedule ahead. Um, it was nice to actually have a bit of a break away and take some time out um, and I guess reconnect with people I haven't had the time or chance to catch up with for some time. So um, yeah, started learning how to play the guitar, as you do, and uh, not watched a lot of Netflix, Got, yeah, improved my uh, culinary skills. Well, I think so. <laughs> and other than that, look, just enjoyed a, a chance to sort of sit back and, um, and and actually have a bit of time out. Yeah. Did you get any work done? Yeah, I did. In actual fact, it came it, it um, came without sort of um, to a bit of a surprise. I actually got a lot got a lot of work done, probably more than I actually do in my office. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I did. We we have we've had a lot of um, initiatives that we've been working on behind the scenes. Uh, one of which we launched prior to COVID, uh, which is Manarangatahi, and um, that's in partnership with Startup Dunedin and NYD. And we kind of had to um, pivot a little bit with that, um, obviously over the period because it was an in-house and in residence uh, youth program, and um, and then we went to put it online. Um, so, yes, I did a lot of that, and then, yeah, I just started Weekend Aotearoa, the very first of its kind, online. So, yeah, lots of stuff going on. But I got a lot I got a lot of work done, for sure. So, did you, you have people here that you are supporting, and it's not, it's not just a shared space, there is quite a lot of, uh, of work with people. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, we currently have two um, corporates. So, we have Two Degrees, who is our technology partner, and we also have Datacom, who are based here. Now, we were actually open throughout the period um, of lockdown with Datacom needing as they're an essential network service provider. So, we um, the space was available to them throughout that period. And then we work with small to medium enterprises, and then we have about 20% of our community that are startups. Um, ranging from working with startups straight out of school and out of um, tertiary into you know um, the general uh, population of young startups so yeah we've got quite a diverse we've got a diverse um, cluster and community of, of organizations so at the moment we've got uh, 12 organizations that coexist in the space and uh, we've actually post lockdown we've got some awesome new faces of people that have actually gone out um, and started their own business so it's quite exciting it's a time of big disruption there's an awful lot of people who thought that they would have perfectly good jobs and they're going to carry on with those forever thank you very much Mm. turns out not to be (laughs) so there must be people coming into the space for for the first time 
Yeah, there are actually. It's quite interesting because you know you don't know what you don't know until something like this happens, and we're in quite a unique position because obviously you know co-working has existed for twenty years, um, and in the last four years here in Dunedin, co-working has existed. But the philosophy or the idea around flexible working was kind of a little bit foreign and probably a little bit scary for the majority of of people. Um, and now, obviously, with the fact that everyone has the opportunity to work from home and Organisations have been forced uh, to start um, embracing that. We've actually got quite a new population of people that are coming out of lockdown and have come out of lockdown who are now looking at, hmm, our team actually run quite well at that. And the the whole bricks and mortar approach that Enterprise and um, have basically founded a lot of their, um, I guess, their, their... business ownership on is now being you know is now being questioned but then beyond that people have come out of lockdown and gone actually I don't know if that's where I want to be so I guess beyond um, job losses that are actually happening there's people that are voluntarily leaving their positions because for lack of a better phrase for lack of a better phrase they've had a meaning of life moment during this hiatus and they've gone what's really important to me and they've left very comfortable jobs to go out and do um, their own thing. So it's it's really exciting, yeah, and a very very courageous move. Um, but I think you know I think it'll some really amazing opportunities and inspiring opportunities are going to come from this. Yeah. Let's hear from Billy Ocean. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. That seems appropriate. <laughs> yeah.
it's been interesting there's so many multiple layers of it because this lockdown thing has like taken away so many of the constraints that we were operating under perversely by putting lots of constraints on it's, it's actually being quite um, a release mm. of things. You know, we can't possibly do this. You know, mm. the education has to be done in this way. Mm, turns out it doesn't have to be done in that way. You can do it in other ways. Yep. But also, as you say, there's there's people sort of going the the other way. That maybe they've gone to work at home when they couldn't before, but now they maybe they're realising actually, I don't want to be at home. Mm. So there's lots of different directions that it's being pushed in. But you're still seeing that people are keen on. The shared space and community. Oh, well, the interesting part now, obviously, because there's been this this forced um, uh, capability, for lack of a better phrase, um, they've had to diversify what they believed themselves to be capable of doing. And for government organisations specifically, who have traditionally been based around, you know, having. Um, you know, buildings, you know, they had to be on site. Now the majority of them have had to be based off site. Um, and so it's, it's a really it's a really interesting time. And I think over the next 90 days, when I say 90 days, maybe it's a sales <laughs> dialogue, um, it's the fact that we're going to start sort of, I guess now people are reviewing and assessing um, you know, now that we're in level one, it feels like everyone's come out of incarceration. It's quite an interesting thing. <laughs> And it's like, woohoo, freedom! And so they've got the ability to now explore, well, actually, that worked really well. But on the other side, I, I still believe there's equilibrium. There's still, um, there's still something about that connection. And I, I don't think that can ever be mimicked um, around that, that human connection versus doing Zoom, doing Zooies, you know, the, the Zoom hooies, as we know. That became, you know, sort of something that, we, you know, I think um, there's so many different... At those experiences um, that we were confronted with during that sort of period where we must, you know, in many cases, if you weren't very good at, um, you know, video conferencing, you probably got pretty good now. And then on the other side, you've also realised that it's, it's actually it creates, it's, it's more intense to be on a, a video conferencing call. Um, and to do that over long periods of time is pretty arduous. The day of it, you know you've done it. <laughs> <laughs> back to back Zoom conferences, okay, I'm, I'm out. Um, whereas I think, so there's that, I, I think what we'll probably start seeing now with someone, I've, I mean I've worked from home, I've run organisations from home and then also the ability to be in a space you know, like this, like in a Van HQ, I, I think there's a really nice happy medium there. Um, and I think the luxury of the space that we have in here, we have that flexibility that that we call, you know, I was just talking about it with colleagues yesterday around our whole um, business name called Innovate HQ. Well, going forward, all businesses are going to be innovating the headquarters because the new way in which headquarters could work could basically be uh, what I call it, um, all you need is this place that they can come and connect, have meetings if they want to have, you know, a, a space specific to, you know, just doing work, they can come in here and they can not come in here. And they don't have to worry about, um, I guess, the the leases or anything else like this. As far as uh, business sustainability and continuity, risk management is concerned, a lot of this conversation is happening now. So it's quite interesting. Um, the fallout from this over the coming months will be quite interesting to the overall like, commercial property um, landscape for sure. Liesel Mitchell is a downtown dweller, urban explorer, and conversationalist observing city life in lockdown. Hello there bubble peeps, how's it going out there in the lovely land of Dunedin and, and afar? Um, I hope you are having a, you know, super cool, fun, uh, formative, um, informative, inspiring, hmm, what's another word? Oh, we'll just go with fantastic. Fantastic kind of a day. I hope that that's how it's working out for you. And if it's not, and if it hasn't so far, maybe from this point on, see if there's something you can do a little bit different uh, and see if that can change up what's happening in your day. Because funnily enough, funnily enough, when you change up the way you act 
things change up about the response to how you're acting. So it's a wee trick that I guess we're all um, in the process of trying to trying to work out when we kind of uh, act act in a certain way. What our response get? What kind of response do we get? And um, and what kind of response do we want? Hmm, good questions, good questions. These are questions that are always running around in my head. How can I behave in ways that uh, people will respond in the way that I want them to respond? Because it's kind of funny, isn't it? Like when we uh, lash out, when we're angry, when we're upset, and I mean, there's probably been a lot of emotions around and um, there will still be a lot of emotions around. There's been, um, you know, a lot for people to deal with. So... Our emotions kind of bubble over, come up, come up to the surface, I guess, and um, sometimes even with the very best of intentions, we still can't hold those emotions in a in a way that is productive. But we can work on that, and we can practice how we do it because, yeah, if we're feeling angry or upset. Often what we want is a good response. We want people to listen to us or we want to um, feel like our anger is, you know, being being understood or heard or, or even justified <laughs> by people saying, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I can see how that would be really, really frustrating and angry. You'd be angry. Um, so we want people to kind of listen to us. And we usually want some kind of, you know, care if we're upset or um, whether that's leave me alone. That's sort of how some people need to be or whether it's, you know, bring me in close. But um, often we don't know how to get what we want. So when we're angry, we often uh, push people out the door when we really don't want them out the door. But we don't know how to... Um, I guess talk about what we need or what we want Hmm. but again if we change up our behavior a little bit and weirdly if we act the way we want people to act towards us as I have said before because I do love this stuff I think it's you know it might sound a bit preachy it's not meant to be preachy I hope it doesn't come across as preachy Uh, that's not the point it's trying to just you know open the door to these conversations and maybe to these thoughts because this is kind of how my brain works. It sits there and ticks away about all these kinds of things. How can we treat better people um, in a better way? How can we treat people in ways that uh, we want to be treated in the same way? Or how can we adjust our behavior so that people respond differently to us? These, these are questions that tick away in my brain. And I think, you know, I don't have the answers, but I do know from my own personal experience that when I am a thoughtful, kind person, and even when I'm angry, if I'm angry, um, if I can let people know I'm angry by saying, I'm angry, <laughs> just just even that, and um, I think I need some, um, some space right now, or I think I need you to give me a hug, you know, actually identifying what it might be that you need rather than um, just lashing out at the people around you and you know ultimately people might offer you sort of some support or something but if you just lash out they they disappear that's you know they don't know what to do next because you've you've given them um, the message that you're a bit of a wild animal at the moment and not to come in close so yeah how we behave and how people behave back to us it's, it's an ongoing conversation, folks. I'm going to bring it up again <laughs> because this is my, uh, my daily thinking. So I hope you are behaving in ways that help other people understand what you need. And I hope you're having, um, yeah, a good, a good day today and may it continue. Okay, we'll talk soon. Take care. You've talked to us before about the... the design concept or the, the ethos of this place very much and you described it as the, the foray yep. and it's got the kitchen at the start at, mm. the, at the entrance and you know to try to turn it around and those sorts of things does that somehow translate to a, a virtual environment how did you maintain that that welcoming that care and so on yeah, oh, I, I think in the sense that you know you, you're, you're intimately, you know, you become more intimately connected. I think when you're in someone's home, 
you know, whether or not it's kids running around, the cats running across the desk, or you know, the dogs doing something. You, you, it's almost kind of like our filters are gone when you're dealing with someone at home because you're seeing them in their in their authentic way of living and being and whatever they're wearing. It's kind of you know. Um, so I think I believe you're probably a little bit more um, unfiltered when you're at home. Um, you know, if you decide you want to do here, I mean, the luxury of working from home is that if you were, you know, being late for a meeting could mean that you're just getting up out of bed, <laughs> running the coat through here and jumping on, you know, you could technically almost be late, you know, or be running five minutes, uh, you know, to the clock of getting on a, um, getting on a Zoom conference. But um, I don't, I don't believe you could, you, you couldn't mimic, you know, a, a, you know, a, a working environment because you're well, you're not, and I guess you also have those distractions of being in your domestic residence mm-hmm. as well for various types of things. So, um, and I even sort of think, in a way, do we act differently at home? Yeah, I think we do than we do in our work environment. Although you could probably say it depends on who you're talking to. For me, this is my other funny, so um, I'd probably behave a diff- different, you know, different way. I, the good thing is that I wouldn't, nest, you know, the, I guess the thing is I wouldn't have pets running around um, as such. But I'd have, you know, people coming in and out of my space, you know, sort of more frequently. But um, yeah, I, I think they're two very different mm. settings. It's been interesting getting the window into people's houses who talk to them on Zoom. And some people have clearly read the read the memo about the, the, the bookshelf and the pot plant. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. And other people haven't done that at all. It's just <laughs> beds. I mean, you've, I've had you know Zoom conferences with people sitting on their bed. Uh, you know the amount of bedrooms that actually you know that become a place of work. It's pretty. It's pretty interesting, and in some cases, you know, there isn't for some. You know, um, for me, I always like to have a tidy facility because for me, it's tidy house, it's tidy mind. Um, whereas in some cases, you know, there was people didn't actually care at all, and uh, you know, it, and some it, of those people th- who did seem to be tidy, you know, that it was a cone of <laughs> a yeah, cone yeah. of order. It was an orchestrated. So, yeah, <laughs> this is this is what they can see from the camera. Absolutely, yeah. And then it's, how did I do my hair today? And there'd be that, you know, and I think we were just talking about this the other day where, um, you know, you'd be sitting on Zoom, you're like, oh, wow, I didn't know I looked like that. And so you'd be spending a lot of, t- you know, you'd sit and... Yeah, a trick t- I learned early on was to turn off your own, or to hide, put another <laughs> thing over the top of your own... Ah, yeah. ...of your own video, because it is distracting. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and you go, oh, God damn, I didn't realise I didn't do that to my face or I didn't do that to my background. And, oh, actually, speaking of backgrounds, the virtual backgrounds. Now, I saw some classics. There's some good, and, I, and I'd have to say, just thinking about the personas of people, you then start seeing another version, I guess, another persona of people where, you know, you could be, again, it's kind of like socks. I always liken it to the what, you know, you look at a person's character, you know, almost sort of a... Um, identify a person's character by the socks that they wear I think that the um, socks analogy almost becomes similar to the virtual background so you know you'd have Starship Enterprise I mean uh, tropical islands and it, and it almost became a competition as to who had the coolest or most exotic or you know um, extreme sort of virtual background so I thought that was the, you know that was quite cool yeah did you have any instances of people taking the, the phone to the toilet or forgetting that they weren't wearing pyjamas? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I did hear of some horror stories. <laughs> I, I was always very conscious. We did actually have... I was part of... Um, I was one of the mentors for Startup Weekend Aotearoa, the, the first um, of its kind, and uh, we ended up having an after-party, and you can have an after-party. We finished at quarter to one on Sunday, so it was a very big weekend, and we are all dancing around. There was about... It started off with 40 of us online, and then... Four or five hours later, we're still, you know, um, enjoying the beverages and dancing and singing. So it was, yeah. But all separate. All separate, yeah, all, all around the world. So how did? So this was a whole startup weekend. Whole startup weekend. Virtually. Virtually. Everyone in a different place. Everyone in a different place, all around the world. So how did that go? That was actually incredible. Yeah, and I'd have to say for someone that is, well, I'm going to say reasonably, I'd say an intermediate versus advanced. Uh, uh, technological experience going into a full-time um, virtual environment where we've got four platforms that we're operating so we had zoom we had jitsi which is another virtual that we had slack and then we had there's another one 
there was about four platforms that we had to coexist across. And then we had the new ba- breakout rooms, which we will all be very familiar with now for anyone that's hosted a conference online. And initially, I'll be honest, on the Friday night when we started, because it was a 5.30 kickoff, um, like traditional um, startup weekends. Um, but again, for me, there was a bit of um, that whole nervousness around, oh my God, um, trying to re- remember what vehicle I used to be on specific things and so we'd switch in and out um, but at the end of it what we were able to achieve and the unity that we created throughout that we had 22 mentors um, and the team from um, Startup Weekend Aotearoa just a, the organising team were just amazing um, you know facilitating we had over 200 um, attendees to start and then with 22 mentors and then the, the organising team was a team of 5 or 6 just amazing so never how did they how did the groups form? Because um, normally, there's, yeah. there's, normally there's a bit of sort of eyeballing and smiling across the room and talking to yeah, people over no. coffee and stuff. So that's not happening. No, nope. no, they basically basically just had a list of ideas and like anything, they got shortlisted and then people would choose to go into groups. Um, I think the ability to curate those teams was a lot harder though, because again, you're not unlike a startup weekend where you're together, you can just you know genuinely create those bonds and connections this was done a little bit differently where you'd probably have to pay a bit more attention um, and again oh, you know I think the whole relationship building part of that virtually is quite is fundamentally different to how you do it in person um, and yeah I think you can pick up a vibe probably more when you're physically with someone so you'll know if it's going to work or not versus you probably have to endure a little bit of time to figure out whether or not you're going to work as a team online um, but look the teams did extraordinary well we had people in America, Mexico um, Croatia um, China where else was a whole heaps I know it's impossible to measure but I'm going to ask the question anyway were the things that came out of it better, worse How, what, what were the sort of outcomes Oh, the fact that we were basically um, borderless society. So, you know, we, we'd, it was presented as Startup Weekend Aotearoa. Now, usually it would be Kiwis, mm-hmm. just a, a whole group of Kiwis from New Zealand descending on, you know, at one, of the, one of our main centres. Um, we didn't think for a minute, I don't think anyone, it was just kind of that, un, just unconsciously considered it really, is we, you know, because it's a virtual network, there is no border. So we had people dialing in from everywhere. So I think that was a, a real, um, that was extraordinary, just in the sense it's like, wow, you know, unlimited opportunity there. Um, and then I think, again, just thinking about how we built relationships, you know, how we um, how we worked together over the weekend from, basically, you know, we went from not knowing, you know, each other to building what I'd call really deep connections with people who, you know, fundamentally, could I compare that to what it'd be like in real life? Um, I don't know. I think because of the fact we were part of something new and we all just worked together so well, not knowing each other, it was almost kind of like a wonderful surprise of, wow, we did it. And did it lead to the fact that there was a global community participating? And we're facing a global problem. Yep. Did it lead to thinking about global solutions? Yeah, it did. Well, for the first time, we were looking at, which is great, because I think it's always been a challenge when we start a business that everyone just has a local lens. They don't have that global. Mm-hmm. They don't have that global um, um, perception. Whereas now, it's like, well, no, no, we're all we're all impacted. I mean, culturally, we we are different, um, and we are, and that's 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 definitive. But in a time of crisis. There is, it's all global, uh, there's so many global opportunities. So I think in that sense, when we're looking at it, we weren't just talking about it in a, in a New Zealand-centric position. We were like, well, would this work in the States? I, I think what actually did come out of it, though, is, and I think most people finding it, is just some of the little differences, the key differences with our lockdowns and our isolation, and obviously now there's still countries, what, day 78 or day 80, and to be in New Zealand now where we've got our liberties back, it's just like... You know, it's like Santa Claus that arrive once it's like, we're at level two or three, I can't even remember now, but, you know, there's this liberation that we're facing in a very, what I'd call, um, I think, primarily there's a lot of excitement and a lot of, you know, celebration, and I would imagine there's also going to be a lot of anxiety that's followed with that, you know, naturally, given the disruption for people in their lives as well, so yeah. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokanui, Dunedin's favourite goddess... Tahu Mackenzie. 
I hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars, in your beloved universes. And I really hope that this time for you, as I know it has been for me, has been so helpful in terms of your own connection with yourself and your learning as we have journeyed on this very exciting emotional roller coaster through every possible emotional reality from level four, level three, level two, and now level one. And of course, for me, I love us as a species of animal. I love all life that we are connected to in an infinite web. And I love all the opportunities that constantly abound for us to learn and co-evolve and grow and transform, despite many of these opportunities being incredibly painful and difficult and challenging for us, as I know they have been for us all over this time. And whilst we have experienced moments of great freedom throughout all of these four levels, we have, of course, needed along the way opportunities for self-care and rest and recuperation. So I hope that whilst we are finding ourselves returning more and more to the consensus reality that we all know and love, we are getting opportunities to process this journey that we've been on together. So I had a big day of rest today, apart from popping into Otokanui Eco Sanctuary, my heart's home this morning. And I loved my big show with you there. Thank you so much. And apart from that, I have had a day of rest and recuperation, which was very needed because yesterday I had a very exciting big adventure. And this has been a long time in the planning and scheming and messaging and Oh, it was the most amazing day. So my dear friends and I put on a massive treasure hunt for our beautiful friend, Dr. Barbara Anderson, who's a big climate change scientist, a quantitative ecologist who works on the conservation of our precious native moth species, of which we have more than two and a half thousand here that we know of so far in beautiful Aotearoa, New Zealand. And Dr. Barbara Anderson and I, along with Nai Tahu and the Kūrakaupapa Māori, have created 10 biogeographic guides for Aotearoa, New Zealand, in Māori and English of all our beautiful native moths. And the Pakawaita are the stories and Matara Māori associated with them. So it's been a wonderful project to work on together and a wonderful, wonderful friendship of which I'm very grateful for. So something that I really love, of course, about being alive is that as a species of animal, not only have we created this fantastic human world, which is a great tool to serve the real world, the natural world, the living world, but also we have evolved this miraculous consciousness that just loves solving problems and, of course, loves treasure hunts. So I love treasure hunts and I love creating treasure hunts. And this treasure hunt was particularly spectacular because we all contributed to it in different ways. And the first clue was a beautiful cake made by my dear friend Chloe Reed that was gluten-free and very chocolatey and all covered in native moths. And when Dr. Barb cut into it, inside was a surprise of this heart-shaped capsule with the first clue inside. And that led her to the second clue outside in a little moth-egg-shaped capsule on her Pekka Pekka bird feeder. And this took her to the second clue on her beautiful Shiba Inu dog. And this took her to her third clue in her orchard. Then the fourth clue inside a bottle attached to a fishing rod that she had to reel in on the shore of Deborah Bay. And then the next clue wrapped around a cocktail umbrella in Carey's Bay Hotel. And then the next clue, another moth egg hanging in a rata tree and then the next clue a pink giant moth egg shaped balloon inside her letterbox which Akimai Hoshiba Inu popped very cleverly with her sharp teeth and then the final clue of all having rearranged all the letters on the back of her other clue to spell the French word for artistic studio Atelier was hidden in the studio of our dear friend and jeweler Andrew Last, a 1914 sewing machine purchased from our other dear friend Flora Hastings Knight, the cowboy boot maker. So it was all very, very exciting. 
And from this wonderful experience together, of course, I started thinking that really we can conceptualize all of our lives as a treasure hunt. And each moment is another clue which we interpret and solve and this awakens us to the next level of understanding, the next clue for us to decipher and understand. And of course, we are constantly being inundated with opportunities to interpret reality and we can choose which aspects of these clues we wish to engage with emotionally, which aspects of these clues we wish to put our time and energy towards deciphering so that our understandings deepen and we head further towards our prize. So I had a wonderful time and I'm enjoying balancing this with rest today. So I hope that for all of you, you're finding ways to have many wonderful adventures like my treasure hunt and you're finding new clues every day leading you closer to your prize and I look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Thanks so much, Kakiti. So we've seen a lot of changes over the last, is it still a couple of months? Might be three months by now. <laughs> <laughs> or it might be two days, who knows. <laughs> so of all the societal changes that you've seen, what do you think is going to stick and what do you hope will stick? Uh, look, I think I think flexible working is, is, a, is a thing that's, that's, that's a reality now and beyond. Um, because of the fact that, again, we've been attested to knowing that we can actually do it. And I think fundamentally with my, you know, having spent years in technology, it was kind of a freaky idea to think that actually, you know, we didn't think we had the, um, well, potentially back, you know, 20 years ago, we didn't have the infrastructure to do it. But I think what what has fundamentally um, shone, through, shone through is that we're actually well-equipped uh, from an infrastructure perspective, so the the connectivity is like next level. Um, when I think about the latencies that would be occurring around the world, I mean New Zealand, I, I never had any latency throughout the period, and I mean I think if I'm correct that the the use went up four to six hundred percent from the data traffic. So from you know internet connection, um, but yeah, I think the fact that we've really been um, it is around. That ability to work from anywhere, yep, I think that'll stick. Um, beyond that, that would probably be my most prominent thing. I think, you know, we, we, we are creatures of habit, um, so I think getting a good coffee and all that sort of stuff will still be the thing, and I guess, you know, dining out will we'll, we'll, we'll do that. I think there's probably a lot more people that actually have, have become really good at cooking and, and cutting their own hair. <laughs> do you think it's a different normal, or is it the same normal? No, it's not the same because we're not the same. You know, we've we've been um, uh, confronted with, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, um, we've had a loss. We've had a loss in the sense that we went from being that's freedom to suddenly, um, you know, we were um, pushed into a situation where we had to stop and really, um, whether comfortable or not sit and I guess reflect on our lives as it, as it was in our four walls, within our four walls and how we were uh, had to I guess adapt our, our domestic life um, and even our professional lives into you know the, our homes and even with our relationships and stuff like that as well so um, we will never be the same off the back of that because it was such an extraordinary um, moment in time and for the length of time that it is um, I think it's six, you know, six weeks to, to create a habit and I think what well, we were seven, eight weeks sort of in so um, but you know I think it'll be a great story to write about in time and, and I think you know I think as, as New Zealanders I think it's a really proud moment in history with our um, unity and as we keep saying the team of five million and great leadership to get us through Of course it could all go wrong still but for the moment, we seem to be doing okay, mm. better than anyone else. Mm. Why? I reckon it's a Kiwi attitude. I really do. Um, call me bias. I think, you know, we, we were just able to fucking use this and we just, we, we just get on with it. Um, and we get shit done. So if someone, you know, I think in the, regardless of how um, uncomfortable it might have felt or really strange or foreign, we just did it. And 
I don't know, I think it's an intrinsic part of our character and our personalities as Kiwis. Um, we're used to being isolated, we're used to having to, I guess, persevere with various things. And I think that, but that was also our luxury with being an island nation. Um, and beyond that, I think we had a leader who was so transparent, honest and strong. And we knew where we stood every day at one o'clock. You know, 1pm, those press, press conference. And I take my hat off to her because I guess... Um, the journalism was almost like magpies. <laughs> it's just like, calm down, people. But, you know, at every stage between her and Ashley, between Jacinda and Ashley Bloomfield, I mean, they were just outstanding uh, role models for a time of crisis and in a time of absolute uncertainty. So, yeah, the leadership absolutely helped the overall, the overarching um, collective engagement and um, effort. Let's play... Casey and the Sunshine Band. Give it up for the Centre of Ashland. <laughs>
It's interesting you're talking there about uncertainty, and one of the things that everybody's saying is that business needs this certainty. And it was like, how can you have uns- how can you demand certainty in the face of an uncertain global pandemic? This thing's not operating to a mm. timetable, and it's different in every country. And mm. no, we don't know when we get to open a Trans Tasman bubble. Mm. We don't know. That's not poss- that's, that's not a thing that is possible to put on a timetable. Yeah, no. It's strange that that's been businesses that is you know the business is being blamed for needing that. Yeah, it would be nice, and I think everybody recognises it. I think one of the things that other things that um, that this has shown is that policy based on kindness. Mm can actually be a real thing. It is, and we've been so busy. And I think this is this is the biggest thing when we've had this false pause. Our ability to, how we respond in the face of fear, and as we've seen, um, the face of fear can bring out two different characteristics. Um, well, three, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, and I think in, in most cases, the kindness that was shown throughout this period and, and um, the, the duty of care for things and just seeing, seeing stuff that, to be fair, I've missed, you know. Um, and I, it was some, some real familiar behaviours and characteristics that I remember as a kid growing up in, in, in you know, small town New Zealand. You know, it's fair to say our lives got, have got, has got too busy and we've forgotten how to interact and just spend that time and, um, one, getting to know our neighbour and all the what I'd call just basic 101 human interaction um, so yeah and no, I, I completely agree and I think um, everybody's going to respond differently it's you know fear drives every response and it, but it depends on what how you you know what that what that response what angle that response takes mm. one of the things it's done is that it's proven that we can actually do stuff mm. we can change mm-hmm. so what do you think we can learn from this experience for the perhaps bigger or at least longer term issues, social justice, climate change and so on. Can, can we take anything from what we've experienced? Yeah, well, I think the, the fact we, we, we put too many policies and processes into place, right? And we were, it was clearly d- demonstrated that during this that there was no script, <laughs> there was no <laughs> textbook for shutting down an entire country. We've never done that before. And everyone keeps referring back to the GFC. Borders were not closed for the GFC. And that's where it's fundamentally different with the economy as well. They were not closed. And we were not shut down and we were not told to go home, stay home. And so with that, um, you know, I think, um, you know, that alone is how we, whatever we take out of this, and I believe we're going to take a lot of interesting things. I mean, the first and foremost is acknowledging we did it. And we're the first country and one of the first countries in the world to go, man, we have eliminated the spread in how many days? Um, what, say, I can't even think now, however many weeks. And today we're able to sit and enjoy those liberties for now. But on the other side, I think what's what I think, and maybe I'm optimistic, but because we now know what that feels like, I believe we've now got a plan of attack. If this happens, we get the second wave, which is likely to happen. That how would we deal with the second wave? We've got actually we have we do have a response now to that. And, and again, with, with we call it um, pandemic or what they call biological warfare. It was another term that we've seen. Was it biochemical? Whatever. Um, we now know that this is a real thing, and we've probably rested on our laurels for a number of years, thinking that uh, you know that we wouldn't. That um, you know, I think it was just going to be a matter of time. And but I think New Zealand set a precedence um, of how you can actually, you know, go from hero to zero overnight. And recognizing that there are vulnerable people that are doing it hard, and there are people that have lost a lot of not just money but other things as well. As a as probably as a whole, I think that people would say that that time of Rahui or that that time of lockdown mm-hmm. was a time that they actually appreciated. It was, and maybe that gives us hope that the 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 better life that we're hoping for doesn't have to be a result of more rushing around. Absolutely, that we we've got this insight and in that there is this more I don't know if mindful or whatever it is um, experience is possible. Yeah. Uh, mindful, meaningful, I use the term meaningful. Mm-hmm. What are the meaningful experiences? You know, I just talked earlier about people that have left their place of work because 
they've realised it's not meaningful at all. And coming out of lockdown, going back to a job you suddenly had no meaning to you was like, you know, like possum and headlights. And so, yeah, I think in, in many cases, I, I, we've become more conscious of stuff now, mm. which we will never be able to turn off. So we're starting to see things and question things now that we probably were way too busy to notice. Um, one of the things that I do miss is all the wonderful species that started coming out, you know, seals on the roads, you know, walking around the roads, these birds I've never seen, and you could hear them, you know, and so that for me almost saddened me, where it's like, okay, the humans are coming back, and Mother Earth has to go back to this frenzy of busyness, I mean, even if it's just happening in New Zealand, <laughs> um, you know, these wonderful species that have been hidden because it's too noisy. Mm. Okay, some questions to end with, which I've asked you before, but I'll ask them anyway, and not very much time to do it, so we'll go quick. Yeah. What's the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? The biggest success? Um, oh, doing what I love. So we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. A team of people doing good work. You're in our mansion. What's the superpower that got you there? Um, conviction, sticking, tr- staying true to what you know, to who I am and what I'm here for. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Uh, I'd say proactivist, actually. <laughs> I'm proactive. Um, activist always comes for me with a sort of a negative connotation, um, respectfully. I think sort of proactiveness is in the sense as to, you know, being cu- creating, that curiosity for me starts that, um, I guess, um, my position of how to proactively um, respond to something. Mm. What motivates you? People connections and relationships and what's the biggest challenge you're looking forward to what's the biggest challenge um hmm. oh, i think the rebuild the the rebuild and recovery that we're in right now as you say we we don't there is no um template or prescription for this we've got to create our own destiny and i think there's something incredibly exciting about that and lastly do you have any advice for our listeners enjoy um I guess enjoy the moments that we can, and I guess I would totally continue to encourage the fact is that this one thing I've loved um, sort of seeing is that um, this, this sharing and caring and kindness, this, this collective energy and, you know, people doing just amazing stuff to help each other. Thank you very much for joining me, for having me here. Thank you for inviting me. It's been a pleasure. You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their safe spaces their bubbles around the world. We've had contributions from Tahu McKenzie and Lisol Mitchell. We are broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at 3 and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and all of the places where you subscribe to podcasts. Go and do that now. I'm Samuel Mann. I've been with Heidi Renata in Innovate HQ. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.